Welcome to The Kim Doyle Show. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and I am super excited to have you with us today. This podcast isn't just about digital marketing. It's about creating a business and a life you love on your terms. I'm here to explore how you can harness the power of email marketing, newsletters, content marketing, and even artificial intelligence to create value and serve your audience in a meaningful way. And remember, this is all about you. This journey is all about finding fun, effective, and enjoyable ways to engage with your audience, build your brand, and grow your business. On this show, you'll hear from me in solo episodes where I'll share my experiences and insights, as well as conversations with successful entrepreneurs and creators who have mastered the art of digital marketing in unique ways. We'll share their stories, strategies, and case studies to inspire and educate you on your own journey. So... Are you ready to turn digital marketing into a fun journey that brings real results to your business and life? Let's do this together. Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show. Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. I, of course, am your host, Kim Doyle. And today's episode is the cost you pay and an invitation to Costa Rica. Today's episode is 110 of the Kim Doyle Show. Now, bear with me because we've had this conversation before and I've started thinking maybe it's time to correct the episode numbers and go back to numbering from the time. Sorry, that was a long pause. But from the time I had started the WordPress Chick podcast to the different iterations of the show, it's maintained the same feed. I've just pivoted names a little bit. Because really, it's more like episode, uh, it's got to be close to 400 now. (coughs) Excuse me. Remember, I am in dry as a bone, California, so I've got my handy-dandy water here. But um, I don't know. I I keep debating. I really think that that's probably more of um, an ego thing (laughs) than anything else. But I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see. If, If I show up one week and I'm all... Welcome back to the Kim Doyle Show. This is episode 412. You're going to know. And maybe that's what I do. Maybe I just start from this episode to that episode, although I think that would look pretty cheesy if people go backwards. Moving on. You're not going to believe what happened with this episode. <laughs> so I have a standing desk, and I, which I love. Um, I've actually had a standing desk since I was in Boise. I before that, I'd had like a big old L-shaped. I like the L-shaped desks. I like writing space. And I had bought one of those um, way back in the day, Veradesk, where it would it would sit on top of the desk. But it's like I'd have to, um, it was hydraulic, so I'd have to lift it. And with two 32-inch, mo- it just got heavy. Anyway, and I wanted a smaller desk. So I've had a standing desk now for a few years. I love it. I prefer recording standing up which is funny because I'm sitting down today, but I've been doing a bunch of stuff. So, and what happened is I'm going to talk to you guys in this episode about me getting back into video, but I wanted to do some video. I said a few days ago and the desk wouldn't raise. And I'm like, what the bucket you guys, this is four months old. It's brand new and it works and it's been fine. They're not difficult to put together. I just take my time with it. And what happened though is in my desire to figure out what was going on with the desk, because I've had it get stuck in the upright position too, and you do a press the up and the down buttons at the same time. 
And I did that. Let's unplug it. But there's a couple other plugs <laughs> that, you know, one connects to the controller box, one connects to the little remote thing. Anyways, I just did the main power button and nothing happened. Well, unbeknownst to me, in my desire, because I also got into like cord management at one point, I hate a bunch of hanging cords. So I had made it all pretty and cleaned it all up. And the problem with how I did it is I don't think I gave enough slack. And I'm, I'm complaining, you guys should see me, I'm doing this with my hands. And I probably will start recording the solo shows on camera because get this, we may have a lot of off scripts, bear with me. I believe it's to script now that when you're recording, <coughs> if you're looking at the screen, that Descript can correct <clears throat> where you're looking. So then it looks like you're looking at the camera. How wild is that? God, I love all this AI stuff in that element. Um, <clears throat> but I didn't feel like showering and doing my hair and all that stuff for today. Anyway, long story short, my microphone is not a USB mic. And so I've got this mixer and I just didn't realize that in my desire to figure out what was going on with the desk... I simply unplugged, I hit the power, but the problem was the cord wasn't hanging. It just came out. And so I didn't realize it until after I recorded the whole show with no audio. So, so that was fun. And so here we are again. I have done, you know, a handful of pre-recording tests and just flipped over to look at Zencaster. And yes, the audio is recording. That's the problem when you're not looking at, like I have my my post written, right? Like the show notes are in front of me. And so that's what I'm using as my guide. And every now and then I'll flip back to Zencaster to look at the time and where I'm at. But anyway, let, let's jump in, shall we? Shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Let's uh, Let's jump in. And quick little update since last week uh, for some of you who missed last week's episode. I would jump in because I talk about simplifying my business. I'm doing as much streamlining and simplifying as possible. I've gotten incredibly focused and it has been fantastic. And, you know, last week was, um, God, this, this last week, I'm actually recording this on the weekend, it was just busy. My dad got an above ground pool, which I'm thrilled with because I love to get in the water during the summer. Well, anytime if it's warm, <laughs> but <clears throat> lots you ever have one of those weeks where you're just crazy busy with life stuff i and when I, that happens for me i find myself getting a little bit anxious about okay i need to go back to work i need to go you know it's all fine it's all fine but in last week's episode besides simplifying everything i talked about burning the boats and We've all we all know that analogy, that story, right? And I attempted to retell it last week, so I'm not going to do that again. But there comes a time most of us hit that that fork in the road in our business where it's like, look, it, what what I'm doing is not working. Something needs to change, and you can stand there and stare at the two different paths, or you can say, I'm going to take the road less traveled. Hat tip to Scott Peck, the author of that book, The Road Less Traveled. Maybe I should, you know, it's funny. I spent a long time in the book industry, like 10 years, started in a bookstore my senior year in high school. And I worked my way up to a district manager while I was going to college. And um, I never read this, The Road Less Traveled. And it's actually, it was a bestseller, New York Times bestseller for years. Anyway, sharing 
writing, sharing, publishing that podcast was absolutely the fuel I needed. And I've been making a lot of changes and doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. But when I put things out there, it lights a fire in me. And I, I think there's, I think the element that works for me in this scenario is that it's like I'm I'm claiming what I want and I'm saying, yes, I'm committed to this. Yes, this is what I want to do. This is who I am and this is how I want to move through the world. I love setting up some sort of accountability that keeps me on track, whether it's to a mentor, a friend, or publicly putting it out there. It works. And what I'll say, one thing with accountability with friends is you have to do that with the right friend and not that you know, other friends aren't, but there are people that may not be as committed to the change or the support or are ready to, to be held accountable, you know? And so you have to really get clear on what it is you want from it. And I know for myself that publicly putting things out there is huge. My mentor, I eat therapist, right? At this stage is, I mean, well, she's my therapist and become a mentor. When I tell her I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. For whatever reason, there is that connection, that relationship. And then I definitely have a few friends that are not in my real life, quote unquote, right? That are friends that have online businesses, understand this space, and are also reaching for their own goals that we can set ourselves up to really support and challenge each other in a supportive way support and challenge and a supportive. Was that redundant? A little bit. Anyway, I used to judge myself for wanting, i.e. needing accountability. And which is crazy, right? And bear with me, guys, this was a long time ago. So the language is relative to where I was at that time. But in a lot of ways, I used to think it was I don't know, like it was weak that I needed. Why couldn't I just hold myself accountable? Why couldn't I just get stuff done because I said I was going to do it without, you know, whatever. Um, you know, that that's probably all the 1980s and 90s success talk I listened to. And Lord knows the uh, hustle culture did not help. But I, I really did. I was very hard on myself now, it completely feels like a superpower. Basically, I have said, I know what works for me. And I'm willing to put those systems and processes in place. And I'm gonna run with it. And so every time I set that up, I'm like, game on, game on, in whatever way that works, right. And okay, I'm really, I'm just going to put this out there. Also, one of my goals is to stop pre-qualifying. I do this. I do it with people I'm talking about. I don't mean this, but, or, you know, um, this isn't to offend anyone, that kind of stuff. I'm really going to work on not doing that. And I think the people who are meant to hear my messages, um, it'll align and they'll trust with, you know, they'll trust my intentions. They'll trust with it. Jeez Louise. All right. So I did something else last week that I have been putting off for far too long. And that is that I got back in front of the camera. Woo woo. You guys, I used to do a lot of live streams and webinars and that kind of stuff. And I have been, I have a lot of people tell me, you really need to do YouTube, your personality, blah, 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 all this stuff, right? And I agree. I totally agree. Um, I think 
my energy and how I come across on camera and my intention for being on camera comes across genuine and authentic. And I'm owning that at this stage in my life, 100%. But I didn't want to do it just to do it. And I get that there's an element to, I've said forever, that you get clarity through the doing. You have to start something and you have to try and pay attention to how you feel, pay attention to the results, see if you can improve something, all of those things, right? Oh, no. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Sorry about that. I'm leaving that in, guys. I don't go sideways with, you know, editing some of that stuff out. Welcome to keeping it real. Um, But I didn't want to do it. Video is time and energy. And I knew that while I was focusing on getting clear, that there was an element that I I was looking for, for lack of a better word. So it wasn't that I wasn't doing the work, but it wasn't until I said, this is it, I'm going all in. And I talked about this last week, you know, my audience really that I serve with, my customers are women, probably women over 40. I'm here to support all women though. And until I claimed that, that I was like, Okay, I'm, I was trying to please too many people, and uh, this is an off script. And if you guys want to pay, take a look at this, but there was a guy that I've talked about before. I was in a mastermind with him. His name is Garrett J. White, and he developed something. Started out with the Warrior Movement and Warrior Week, and he is so crystal clear. I served married men. I serve, I, you know, his audience, married men, and he helps them focus on body, being, business, and balance. Very simple. And I, you know, I knew Garrett. I mean, I know him, but we're not like pals. We don't have conversations or anything, but we were in a mastermind together and I watched and I subscribed to him for a while and he is so unapologetically himself and he's grown at least one eight figure business. He probably has more in the background. (coughs) Excuse me, guys. I'm sorry. Anyway, but he is never tried to serve women. He's like, that's not, I don't know how to help you. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, and I'm not saying that as digital marketers, you can't serve men and women. But for me, it really took me saying, this is it. I'm passionate about this. I feel a responsibility at this stage and phase of my life to do this. And so with that, all of a sudden, a video strategy felt simple. All of a sudden, it was like, all right, I know exactly who to talk to, how to talk to them. I got it. We're good. And (laughs) here's the truth too. Here's another side note for you. And I'm guessing a lot of women are going to be able to relate to this. And that is that I was having a really good hair day. And I basically told myself, girl, your hair's on point today. Get up and record a video. So, you know, whatever it takes, right? And I just, I have a lot of hair. So, and now that I'm wearing it curly, which I haven't straightened it in a long time. Again, the humidity in Costa Rica made that pointless, and I do have naturally curly hair. So I was like, lean into this girl. Um, and I found the right products and the whole process. So, anyway, I was having a great hair day. I ran with it. All right. So, what I did is, again, raised my desk. I decided on the topic and I hit record. I posted the video to both my Facebook business page and my personal page. Then I posted it. Um, I posted to both, but first I posted to the business page and then I posted it to my personal page and I asked people 
on the, the personal page to let me know where they saw it first. And a lot of people said, saw it here first, saw it here first. That's where I got more comments and engagement. And, you know, I followed a friend had recommended this dumb strategy many, many years ago. I haven't even talked to him and probably, I don't know, we're not really friends anymore, but it's been eight, nine. So it's probably 10 years ago I did this and I ran these cheap ads to, to grow the likes on the page. And so I'm like, there's, there's a lot of work to be done on the Facebook business page. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but um, I've gotten incredible feedback. And so I know I'm on the right path. And that was just with one, one video. And what I will tell you also um, is, oh my God, you guys, AI, some of these video tools are nuts. So I signed up, I tested opus.pro once and then I paid for it. But you, what you do is you upload an hour long video or I mean a, a long form video, excuse me, and talking head works great. And then it will go through and it'll chop it into vertical videos for shorts and TikTok. And I guess stories, reels, whatever you want to do. And it does the text overlay. It gives you a headline. It gives you the content. And this was a six-minute video that I posted on Facebook. And holy moly, you guys, it was, it was the content was great. I was like, all right, this is good. This is good. And so I, there's also another tool I'm going to tell you about. It's called Munch. And the URL is getmunch.com, I believe. And if you're not on my email list, it's this, uh, go to my website, kimdoyle.com. Um, and I include these tools in the spark. It's my newsletter every week. But what I noticed, I, uh, Kenya Kelly is a big TikTok gal marketer and she was sharing get munch and the difference between the two. So opus.pro is 19 bucks a month. Get munch is 49 bucks. But what I noticed was that get munch will repurpose it to all the platforms I mean, for each platform, and I think it incorporates trends and hashtags, but you can also post directly to the platform from GetMunch. So I think I might give that a shot also, and we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see. That's it. It's, it's all a test. And in this testing, this is, this is what surprised me, right? Here's the crazy thing. I had a conversation with my friend, Emma Hirsch. And Emma and I have been talking a lot about she's got a great site called Female Founders. Uh, I believe it's, uh, I think it's Female Founders without the E. Sorry, Emma. Femalefounders.com. And she's actually looking for female entrepreneurs to submit their stories because there's a lot of startup stories out there, a handful, and she's focusing solely on the female founder. So if you want to submit your story, you don't need to be like a SaaS founder or a Silicon Valley founder. Any woman who has, running started and run our own business, go tell your story. It's a great way to get some links and visibility. Anyway, Em and I were talking and I was telling her about how I had posted to Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook the week prior, which is what I used that content for the video. And what I had done is I asked about where are my female newsletters, meaning written by women for women. And Twitter, I got a couple recommendations. LinkedIn, I got one spam comment and one friend reshared. Facebook, I got a ton of responses. So I was like, you know what? I don't think Facebook is dead. Now, 
Emma was awesome. After our call, she said, I agree. And she sent over some data. And let me tell you, Facebook is not dead. Gen Z may not be there, but my audience is. And the next day, I happened to come across a Gary Vee video, and I have not watched or listened to him in a long time. Not because I don't like him, but you know, when you listen to the same people for a while, he he's he's um, I was about to say redundant. He's not, but he repeats the same message, and that's okay. That's his point, right? Because his business model isn't his content necessarily. So, anywho, but. The next day, he's at the three platforms that people should be focusing on are Facebook pages, YouTube shorts, and TikTok. So that felt a little confirming. That being said, I say show up where you feel most comfortable. Create what you enjoy creating and go all in. Because I've made the commitment to do more video, it's easy to repurpose what I'm doing across all three platforms. And at a certain point, then I have someone repurpose for the other platforms. LinkedIn, and and here's the... here's something to keep in mind. LinkedIn and Twitter. I w- I've been more active on Twitter. Elon makes me apeshit, so we'll leave that alone. Um, X, excuse me, whatever the bucket he's calling it these days. And, you know, I've been on all these platforms since I started in 2008. I have been most active on Facebook, so it makes the most sense that that's where I would get the most response and engagement. What I also do, because I've committed to mastering Facebook and Instagram ads this this year, and then after this year, I will pick a different platform, probably YouTube, at least six months, let's say that, that I'll focus before I add another traffic channel. But with, with all of the, you know, thinking about all of this, I think you just have to be where it feels most natural for you to create content and tweets and short form text com- content. I don't know. It's it's just never felt like me. You guys, Justin Welsh. If you're not familiar with him, he's an incredible creator. And I subscribed. He had like a $9 subscription to Twitter templates. You guys, Twitter templates never sound like me. All of those templates that all of these truth, 100%, all of these men have grown these massive followings for where it's controversial opinion, and then they do it. Or if this, then that, da, 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 da. They're, they're so formulaic, it does not sound like me. And so therefore, I avoided it at all costs. So anyway, that being said, um, you can follow me on all three and bear with me as I start reworking my profiles on these platforms. The Facebook business page is The Kim Doyle and it's D-O-Y-A-L. I think most of you guys know that, but um, so it's The Kim Doyle because my personal profile is Kim Doyle. YouTube, Kim Doyle, all lowercase one word, and TikTok, Kim Doyle. I'm so grateful that I had the wherewithal when I started, even though I was doing the WordPress chick to stick with my name. So here we go. Here we go, guys. And I'm really excited about this. I am 100% committed to it. And uh, it's going to be fun. And I'm fully prepared for the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. I'm just committed. I'm treating this like more than an experiment, because if it doesn't work out of the gate, I'm not going to, you know, throw the baby out with bathwater. But I'm I'm committed to figuring it out and to doing it in a way that works for me. All right, so let's jump into the cost you pay. That was a long ramp. Let's see if I can keep this under an hour. Um, you guys, I get so giddy when I come across someone new who inspires me. You've heard me talk almost nonstop about Dr. Benjamin Hardy and the books he's written with Dan Sullivan. I came across Ben Hardy last year, but for whatever reason, I wasn't quite ready for that work. Clearly, that's changed, and this is I'm not here to talk about Ben Hardy today. 
Um, and I love his work. The books, if this is new to you, be your future self now. Start with that one. And then I would jump into 10x is easier than 2x. Dr. Benjamin Hardy is an organizational psychologist. But what I love about his work is he pulls in psychology, spirituality, and how about I kind of productivity. Um, yeah, it's it's productivity, but in a way that I don't know, in a way that just resonates. And I'll leave it at that because I don't want to go sideways with him today. But but so you know, that's that's resonating with me. I'm I'm journaling every day with this the three simple things I talked about in an email last week, which are every night, three things I'm grateful for, three wins for the day, and what are three things I'm focusing on tomorrow. Then I will play around during the day. Sometimes I will take no- notes as I'm listening to something. Other times inspiration hits and I'll do a little journaling. Or I'm just doing, don't forget to do this or go buy this. You need milk or whatever, which I don't really drink milk anymore. But you get my point. I have created a very clean, simple, easy structure for me to stick with. And it is compounding. And I love that. All right. So I don't want to go sideways here, but I I came across someone I'd never heard of who is killing it. And I've totally been binging her content. What I love about this woman is that she's not in the BS guru internet marketing creator space. I'm not going to go sideways ranting or throwing shade at anyone here. But I think you get my point. The people who are, there are people that have been in this space for a long time and, and have made big names for themselves. They make great money but they're unrelatable. They keep themselves at arm's length from their audience and their message feels tired to me, right? Maybe that's just me. And you guys have seen me go through lots of changes and iterations in my business. I'm very public about it because I love, I love learning and growing and adapting and challenging myself. The challenge at this stage is now to create such a, you guys, I'm making a fist like such a solid foundation with recurring revenue. This is my big mission right now that it allows the freedom to pursue and test and play with other things. But with, you know, life has been just, anyways, we're going to get into that a little bit, but that that's where I'm at right now. So a lot of the people that I have followed in this space for years and years, or you know, their names, they're still talking about the same things they've been talking about. And great, you know your audience, that works for you. I can't do that. I will continue to grow and evolve, but I want that foundation set in a different manner. Um, and that's a super judgy generalization. Let's I will own that, that this person has only been doing this. And even though they make millions, they bore me, right? That's kind of what I'm saying. But there's something about finding someone that can just be a little bit of inspiration to you. All right. So the person I'm referring to is Tiffany Carter, and it's Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, Carter of projectmewithtiffany.com. In a nutshell, she has two businesses. One is an eight-figure business, and one is a multiple seven-figure business. She's this brilliant mix of direct business strategy, spirituality, mentoring, and keeping it real. Can I just get an amen? Oh, my God. And I'm putting this out there that I fully intend to have her on the podcast. I don't even remember which podcast episode I was listening to of hers because I've just, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm loving running. I'm like, oh, I got to go run an errand. I'm going to go get coffee just so I can like listen to the podcast a little bit more. But 
in the podcast, she, she said this, and this is one thing I wrote down in the journal, and it was what inspired this whole episode, and it was the cost of not doing things. I wrote it down instantly, and I knew that that was going to be the topic. So let's jump in and talk about the cost of not doing things. And I will state that logically, we all understand there is a cost to not doing things. One of the most relatable analogies that I think people are familiar with is, you know, we put off, we procrastinate, you know, in school, writing a paper, and then all of a sudden, it's like, God, I got to get this, I got to get this done. And we get it done. And it feels great. And you, you know, do whatever. And I was one of those students that I could do that. I could very easily wait till the day before a paper I needed to write was due and kind of pull it out of left field and get the paper written. Pre-chat GBT. This was a long time ago. But anyway, um, it's the cost of not doing things. We we all understand it. And I want to share one other thing that I listened to. And I want to say it was probably Dan Sullivan in one of the books. So the other two books with Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy is Who Not How and the gap in the game. And the who not how, what I like about that one is it reminds you, and Dan Sullivan has done this very, he is the founder of Strategic Coach, one of the world's biggest coaching companies, I guess you would call it. Um, But he talks about the who not how, it's not just about relationships with who not how, but it's also having the right people doing the right things in your business. And you are not the who to do everything. And so I, I definitely love that piece. But they talked about procrastination in terms of sometimes we procrastinate because that's not stuff we should be doing. And I get it that there's a lot of stuff we have to do until we can hire. Or maybe you want to keep it simple and you just don't ever want anybody else. You want to be a one-person show and that's great. Do you, right? But sometimes if you look at procrastination as an indicator as opposed to a judgment. So start looking at when you procrastinate, what are you procrastinating and why are you doing it? I had little things last week that here's an example, going back to Costa Rica in October. And I was like, oh my God, my passport expires uh, September 13th, which it worked out. I remember last year thinking, how am I going to renew my passport when I'm here? It was, you know, that would have been tricky. But um, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to expedite it to make sure I get it. But I've been avoiding, oh, oh yeah, I got to go. So I, I printed the, because I have to send in my paperwork. I have to send in the old passport and I needed to go do new photos. And I'm like, Kim, go get this done. Go get this done. And I did. And the picture's a little bit heinous, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, who, who looks at it, right? But my other passport picture was really good. <laughs> but that was like in 2013. Moving on. All right. So let's talk about the cost of not doing things. And I want to give you, I'm going to give you two perfect examples. One is business and one is personal. All right. And the first example is email marketing. So if you've been in this space for any length of time, you've heard over and over again, how important it is to build an email list. You may or may not have an opt-in in your site. We have a small list, but you don't really know where to start. So you don't do anything about it. And this is a generalization, but I would say any niche in market can can benefit from an email list. Um, you know, there are some that I'm sure people could say, yeah, but this, you know, whatever. But let, let's just assume everyone here listening 
is has some sort of online presence where you're serving customers, clients, and you need leads. Okay. If you need, if that fits you, you need an email list. And I've said so many times, the only regret I have in my business is not focusing on email marketing sooner. And I will stand by this as till I take my last breath. And <coughs> excuse me, what I want you to think about is here's the question for you. Where would you be today if you had stuck with email marketing and put in the consistent effort? Now, I'm not saying that it has to become your only focus, but what if you said every week I'm going to dedicate a few hours to email marketing? I'm going to find one person that I can learn from, whether it's a course, YouTube, podcast, blog, I don't care, but you're going to find one person. I didn't invest in, well, that's not true. I didn't invest in the email marketing course. <coughs> you guys, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> I didn't invest in an email marketing course. What I did is I was a subscriber to Ben Settle for a year who does daily emails. I became a customer of his email players newsletter. And I, I just practiced. I literally watched and then I said, I'm going to figure this out. And I just did it. I started writing daily emails. And then when I started paying attention to copy and and learning about the psychology and stuff. And so I didn't go, I need to go buy a $2,000 email course. And now I'm going to be an email marketer. It was like, how can I step into this? And so maybe this is something that you say, I have a list of five people. I don't care. You guys, if you have a list of five people, email them once a week. And if you want to do a newsletter once a month, I get that. But to me, broadcast emails and newsletters are two different beasts but you are never going to get comfortable doing something until you get comfortable with the discomfort and commit to doing it. Right. And I I think about that and I'm like, God, I I feel like I should have like a 200,000 person list at this stage in my business. I've pivoted. So I'm not terribly, I'm not beating myself up about it. Um, And I got rid of a bunch of, you know, years ago I deleted, I don't know, 3000 plus people that were just all from the WordPress space because that was not my singular focus anymore. Right. So that's a business example. Where would you be today? Had you, what is the cost? And you don't want to do the math on this. Like they tell you, you know, with you should be able to make at least a dollar per subscriber a month from your email list. And that's once you get up and running. So you probably don't want to do the math. Right. It might be a little depressing, but ask yourself that from a place of this is one of my aunts little ninja tricks she taught me is you want to think about Spock from Star Trek. There wasn't judgment. It wasn't right, wrong, good, or bad. He was logical. So logic states that you'd be earning a lot more money and you'd have more consistent revenue if you had made a commitment to email marketing in your business. I think that's a very safe statement to say. Here's the personal example. So this is your health. And even though I consider myself, and I'm using myself as an example in this, I consider myself a pretty healthy person. Um, but it's probably, it, not probably, it has been a long time since I've been happy with my weight. I mean, who am I kidding? As a woman raised in Western culture, have I ever been happy with it? Probably not. Maybe when I was six. Um, but when my kids were little, I had a really good routine of I would take them to school and I would go straight to the gym. And then probably 10 years ago, I got into juicing and I do love it. And even though it's kind of, it's kind of a pain in the ass, you know, and I don't care what anyone says, just eat the fruits and vegetables. Great. There is no way I can eat the quantity of juice I can consume in a day. There is absolutely no way. I mean, I would, I do the big mason jars. 
they're 75% greens. I put some fruit in. I don't, and I feel phenomenal doing it. So I don't care what anybody says about that. I have to make sure I get my fiber otherwise. But, you know, so I've been a juicer. I haven't, and I actually, a friend gave me an incre- a really good juicer she wasn't using. Uh, so I will be getting back on that bandwagon shortly. And then water, right? Like I've always drank a ton of water. I don't overindulge in alcohol. I've had my fair share of partying and I'm a social drinker, but rare, rare, really. And so, you know, I had that, but the last six years, six plus at this stage were challenging to say personally challenging. I had a lot of issues with my son during high school and then the first couple of years after high school. And I haven't spoken to him in over a year. And um, I set some boundaries and it was very difficult and it's hard, but I trust he's not even 23 yet. And I, I trust his journey and his process and I send him love every day, but I have to, you know, I had to make peace with our relationship during those years. And, and it can be heartbreaking because incredibly close with both my kids. The three of us um, have always had a very unique relationship. And then in 2019, I lost my mom, then the pandemic hit, which we all went through all of those. And so we all have those seasons in life where things feel extra hard. And it is very safe to say that I have been an emotional eater and I would use food for comfort. I don't now. I don't judge myself for any of that behavior. I have judged myself, but I don't. That was really survival mode. But now that I'm settled in California for now, which, you know, I keep saying my goal is to go back and forth six months here, six months in Costa Rica. Um, I can't decide where I want to be here. So, you know, this is, I know this is an interim landing spot, but it's not permanent. But now that I'm settled, I have made my health a priority again. I've been releasing weight, I'm moving more, and I'm simply trusting the process. Is it as fast as I want? No, it never is, right? But the time is passing whether I do it or not. And by the end of the year, I will have reached a significant goal I've set for myself with my weight. A few episodes back, I talked about writing a letter from my future self to me. And it was, excuse me, it was dated December 31st of this year, 2023. and, And I'm writing this letter in the present tense to me today, right? So I, and this was May when I wrote this letter, but I set a certain number of pounds to have released by the end of the year. And what tripped me out, you guys, is when I looked at the months and where I'm at, I'm all, oh my God, I'm totally on target. This is crazy. And I, I don't, I don't believe in deprivation. I am being, I'm, it's just fantastic. I'm having a great time with this. My point, right? is where could you be by the end of the year if you made a few simple changes in your lifestyle that support your health goals? And so it is, when we're looking at things we want to achieve and accomplish, it's very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day. Well, I've got this to do. I've got that to do. Um, I Was it last week or the week before? But I was like, you know what? I need to do a couple sprints. I had a website I was doing, which I don't do websites really anymore, although now I have another one. But this was a a referral from my brother, a customer of his. And it's a, a divorce site for men only. And um, it was an attorney site and it was, it was worth it. It was very easy to do. They really, it was a very simple site. And um, I mean, simple in terms of, you know, it's not like I needed to do WooCommerce or any of that stuff, which I will proudly proclaim how much I hate Woo. But 
um, I knew that I wanted to get this off my plate. So I structured, I'm like four hour sprint. You were spending the day, get the site done, get the site done. Cause I was doing some updated content for them and stuff. And so I did, and I got it done and it felt really good. And then it's okay. What else do I need to sprint on? In last week's issue of The Spark, I talked about those niggly things, right? So I've got big goals. I've got very clear focus in my business right now, but there's still stuff I need to get off my plate, right? And I talked about the three niggly buckets, and they were tech systems and learning. So the tech is I am paying for two course platforms because I have not stopped and said, Kim, get everything out of that and put it over here. Just get it done, right? Part of that is because the internet is slow. You guys, how is it I had fiber optic internet in Costa Rica? I'm in California and it's just slow. It's because I'm on ready for this volcano.net up at my dad's. But um, that's one systems. I, I'm keeping my business very simple in terms of systems. I don't want 52,000 things that need to be logged in. I don't want a project management tool that feels like a part time job until I can hire someone, they can have it. Um, but there's a few things that I'm like, just get the processes in place, Kim. And then learning with my commitment to focus on Instagram and Facebook. I have two Facebook courses. I have a handful of trusted Facebook things that I can reference. And so blocking in those times, the sprints work phenomenal and it's scheduling in those times for myself. And so where was I going with that? Do you like this? By the end of the year, significant goals. But my point being, sometimes we have to stop the, I mean, let me put it this way. With the new focus I have in my business, it would be great if every day was just, you know, I get to come and be Kim and create and show up and do all the fun things that make me happy. Well, it's just like today before I recorded after my cluster yesterday of realizing something was unplugged. I'm like, I got to fix the debt. I got to figure out why the desk isn't and I got to figure this out. So before I even hit the desk stuff, I was like, all right, like I put a sheet on top of my bed because the dogs get so dirty out in the backyard here. Um, so they don't destroy my duvet. But I totally I cleaned my room. I vacuumed. I got laundry. going. I did. I'm like, I knew that I needed to clear and then it was like, oh, everything felt clean. And it was very simple to, to get behind the desk, under the desk and go, let's try this. Let's try this. Done. Fixed. Move on. Right. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. But the cost of not doing these niggly things, that's where I was going. Thank you, self. But circling back to having these niggly things, there's a cost. There's an energetic cost that weighs on us. But the cost of not taking action isn't just that you don't hit your goals. And I want you to really take this in, really hear me with this. There is a level of self-betrayal that happens when we don't do the things that we know will get us closer to what we want. And as someone who has done a lot of personal work, I can tell you that that nothing feels as bad as self-betrayal, meaning Letting someone else down can be hard, right? And it's maybe you need to set a boundary and it can be disappointing for them. But every time you do something somebody else wants of you, as opposed to what you want to do for you, you're betraying yourself. And you just start chipping a little bit away and it, it takes time and energy to build the back up. And you guys, I'm not talking about, you know, Obviously, there are a lot of things that feel worse than betraying yourself, but you know what I'm talking about. Let's keep it in context here, right? 
And so when I realize that I have put someone else's needs or comfort before my own, it stings. And I have a tendency, I'll do that with my dad now and then. It's like, girl, keep get the boundaries back up. And God bless him. He is a great guy and he's very independent and takes care of a lot. But <laughs> he's also a man. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, and he loves company and attention and talking. And, and it's like, I don't, I, I don't require that to the same degree. And so it's getting clear on when I start feeling out of balance around here, specifically at during this little landing spot time in my life. It's because I'm saying yes too frequently to him and not to myself. And so when you truly commit, this is what's wild. This is where the magic starts happening though. When you truly commit to who you want to be, what you want to create and how you want to live your life, the people that matter are going to respond accordingly. Meaning the people who love and support you and truly want what's best for you, even though it may be hard for them to swallow that, the people who want that for you are going to get it. When you stand in a place of of grounded conviction, people just, okay, all right no, that doesn't work for me. Or, you know, I mean, it's very simple. You don't get questioned. I mean, some people might, but they stop pretty quickly. And this is where you can pull in the what if game and completely reframe how you think. If you haven't heard me talk about the what if game, here's a quick little story and an explanation. And for those of you who have heard it, hopefully this inspires you to do it if you haven't done it yet. So years ago in a session with my therapist, um, and this is before she retired. This was right after my husband had passed away. And if you don't know that story, it was 2003. My husband passed away in a car accident. We were both 32 and our kids were six and two. And this was really, that was definitely the, f- the first, holy shit, my life is not going to go in the direction I thought it was going to go in. But I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I said something like, well, what if we hadn't, you know, maybe cause we had just bought what we thought was going to be our forever home. It's the house I had till about 2016. I sold it, but we had bought the house and I was in a, a job. I love like things were really good. And I kept thinking, well, what if we hadn't moved here or what if, and I, I really don't remember specifically what was said, what I said. Um, but it was implying that had we done something differently, maybe he'd still be there, which you guys, look at what the ego does to us. Nothing like kicking yourself when you're down, right? So not only was I grieving, become a single parent, had to do all this on my own. God bless my family for being there and friends. But it was like, how how can I make myself feel worse? Maybe I, I'm going to judge myself thinking that we could have prevented this. Anyways, but her reply was so powerful. She told me that if I was going to play the what if game in this scenario, then I needed to play it on both sides. and what she threw at me was what if he had survived the accident, but he was paralyzed from the neck down and you were going to become a caretaker the rest of your life, which he wouldn't have wanted either. Um, Or he had a brain injury that then you had to become a caretaker and he couldn't ever become a fully functioning adult again. Or, you know, there's a lot of, you know, sides to that coin that are just like, ouch, you know? And at the time I'm like, all right, I don't want to play the what if game. I'm done. (laughs) I won't do that again. But, here is something I did when I was in Boise. I was doing, it was fun. She was stuck in Costa Rica and I was obviously stuck in Boise. And so we started doing these weekly calls and 
I just, because I said to her, I, I want to raise my vibration. Are you game? And she's like, absolutely, let's do it. Didn't know where I was going to go. But during that time, I was doing a ton of doodling and journaling. And it was, it was a really, really great year for me. Honestly, it was a year right after my mom died and not even a year after she had died. And I, um, I just, I really got to heal and grieve and, and go within. It was a, it was great. Um, as hard as the work was, but I put a different spin on the what if game and I don't remember how this came about, but I was journaling one night and I thought, well, what if I played this in a way that serves me? And I'm pretty sure Susan had said to me, my therapist had said, have you ever heard of what if up thinking? And I've heard Joe Vitale, the author, talk about this too. And so if you're going to play what if, what if you do it in a way that serves you? So here are a few questions for you. What if this could be fun? What if it were easy? What if my audience is waiting to hear this from me? What if I listen to myself first? What if this is what I'm really supposed to be doing? What if showing up is going to be the game changer? What if this product is the one that goes, you know, that I have the phenomenal launch that puts me over the tipping point, whatever, you get the point. So the real cost that you pay is not in dollars. It's in letting yourself down. I remember listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer once, and he was telling the story of why he carried the book when he was a much younger man. Uh, He carried the book, uh, The Death of Ivan Illich by Leo Tolstoy with him. And he said he'd read it when he was in the Navy as a young man. I've never read the book, but he shared that in the book, Wayne, because we're buddies, I did meet him and I got a hug from him once. God bless him. Rest in peace. Uh, But in the story, Ivan Illich, and I want to say his career, he was like an accountant or a judge or a lawyer. (laughs) I was about to say something very dry. Sorry for as a creative person. It's like, oh, that feels horrible to me. But thank God there are people that do those jobs. But he said, on his deathbed, Ivan Illich looked up at his wife and says, what if my life has been wrong? Guys, that is a sucker punch uh, to the gut of I don't know what, but that weighed so heavily on me that I knew at that moment that I had to live life on my terms. Sometimes the real cost is intangible and you don't realize it until you say, what if I had gone for that? And and obviously, you know, we all have different levels of of risks we're willing to take. And you have to sort of baby step your way into it. You have to be able to say, I'm going to try this and then. And we can scale up the degree of risk. So, you know, I, when I was, I was actually listening to a Tiffany Carter podcast, Project Me with Tiffany Carter this morning, when I was cleaning my, cleaning things my room, all the stuff. And the the example she gave is she was talking about, because everything is relative, isn't it? And how obviously at the the income stage that she's at today, um, a thousand bucks is, you know, she doesn't even blink. But she said, but when I was making $35,000 a year, a thousand dollars was a lot. And so we take risks that are relative to where we're at. And so you have to decide what that looks like for you. But I think if it doesn't make you a little bit uncomfortable, it's not much of a risk. And, you know, if you're perfectly content with everything in your life, then hat tip to you. But most of us, you know, I, I truly believe we're here to create. And it's, 
my high school yearbook quote was success is not the destination, but the quality of the journey, who we become on the journey, who we become in the process is so magical and priceless. When we, when we put out there that we want to create something, we want to achieve something, we want to do something and whether or not you monetize it is not is irrelevant, you know, but maybe you want to write a novel, maybe you just want to pick up painting, I don't care what it is. But the point is, it's who we become in that process. And, you know, it's not always easy to quantify, and it doesn't jump out at us, which is why it's really important to take the time to reflect, to plan, and be still. Doing those things really can make a huge difference. When we get caught up in being busy and checking things off of a to-do list, we miss being present. And we live on autopilot. We become unaware that our one precious life is passing us by. So that is, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm going to have to do this kind of quickly, but um, that is the cost. That's, that's the true cost we pay. So let's, this is going to be a little bit longer than an hour. That was not my intention. Um, let's talk about Costa Rica. You are invited to Costa Rica. This has been a long time in the making. This is my first ever women's business retreat. It is called Ignite. And this is where you can unleash your inner spark and discover your next chapter. This is all in the show notes. You can also go to ignitemastermindcr.com for Ignite Mastermind Costa Rica. Um, Let me give you a quick little background on this. Um, I am co-hosting it with my dear friend and amazing branding expert, Liz Weaver. So you guys, I've wanted to do this for as long as I can remember. I love teaching, speaking, coaching. I, I really do love doing those things. I have attended my fair share of live events and masterminds. The live events have all been different sizes, but most have been big events. And most of the big, big events end up, you know, they're doing it, selling a program, a high ticket offer. Um, and I haven't felt a rush to, ne- to to do the back of the room rush in forever. Um, but I go for the content and connections. But right now, those are not really appealing to me. Although I will say that I was, I was definitely interested in going to the high level event in October, but that's the same time as Costa Rica. And I'd rather go to Costa Rica. Um, and the mastermind events I've attended have been predominantly male and they're not really my vibe. And I'm glad I went. I've had some incredible experiences. Like what were some of the things we did just to let you know, uh, raced, drove a uh, Ferrari on a racetrack in Las Vegas. That was fun. Uh, got to go to Zappos. We did a couple events on that one and it was freaking exhausting. I do not feel like rushing around in a shuttle with people to excursions anymore. But <laughs> um, hot air balloon, zip lining, the hot air balloon was in Utah. I did zip lining in Maui. Like they were really cool. They were really cool adventures. Did a big snorkel cruise in Maui. Like they were super fun. But I'm really looking for deep, rich connection at this stage. So I decided okay, I'm going to have to do, I'm hosting my own. So this whole thing came about in a pretty divine manner. This is how I love, just, I love how things are unfolding right now. I've been wanting to go back to Costa Rica, you know, obviously since I left, I to visit, right? And so I've been planning to go in the fall to visit friends and had talked to a friend about going and she ended up backing out. And she's a, someone I met at an event in 2010. We've stayed in touch on and off throughout the years. And she had come to my house in Brentwood. But um, once we started talking about it, and she's back in Canada, and she's kind of regrouping. So she's got a job right now. And it was me checking to see if I said, do you actually have the time off? Because I had reserved 
Susan's house, which there's pictures. It's off the chart. This is the one I stayed at the beach house. It's on the beach um, with friends last May and have stayed at Susan's a couple other times. She was very gracious and let me stay after my back surgery because there was a bedroom on the first floor. So um, it was great. Anyway, love, love, love this house. (laughs) I'm like, this is how I want to do Costa Rica. But um, she has actively started renting it out. So her family and friends discount has gone up, which rightfully so. And so when I told my friend the cost, she's like, oh, I can't swing that. I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, we could get another Airbnb and or we could go to Mexico. And in the interim, I had realized, I think we had different goals for what this type of a trip would look like. And I'm just at a stage in my life where I know what I want and I'm not going to compromise on it. And I don't mean luxury versus non-luxury, but um, different. We had very different ideas about uh, what the trip would be. So I just said, you know, let me, let me regroup. I said, because I really want to go back to Costa Rica. I've got dear friends there. It's obviously got a special place in my heart. And so when she said that, I was like, oh goodness, I realized then that I had to make a decision. Um, because if I wanted Susan's house, I either needed to, you know, invite somebody else or whatever. And I had been thinking about, I already talked to her about doing a retreat there. And had thought about doing it in the first quarter of 2024. So I called her and I said, here's what's happening. Can you give me a week? She said, I can give you two. I said, okay, great. Within 24 hours, I'd reached out to a few people. One was was Liz and um, said, would you want to come to a retreat in Costa Rica? And long story short, sent out a couple of invitations with within less than a week half the spots were gone. And that was without any marketing. So there's only space for 10 people. This is definitely um, an intimate retreat. And we, I thought, why don't we do this as a test? We can get photos, we'll get testimonials. And let, let's give this a go. So we've really made this a no brainer deal. Our goal with this event is simply to cover our costs. And I look at this as um, I, I'm pulling in a, a Alex Hermosi um, from his hundred million dollar offers book where he says, make it, make it, make them an offer so good. They feel stupid saying no. And my goal is not to make you feel stupid, but you get the point. So here's, this is a four day retreat. And this is what it includes. It includes your stay at the house, transportation to and from the airport, all your food, two and a half day workshop and a deep dive into your business. Everyone gets to be in the hot seat. Um, I've already scheduled professional photographer, so we want pictures of the event. So we're going to also make sure that you get some personal photos that you can use in your business and branding. Uh, and the half day workshop day, we will do workshop in the morning and then we're going out for a sunset catamaran cruise. This is absolutely my most favorite activity. Costa Rica. I just, the sunsets are off the chart and you can snorkel, you can paddleboard, you can kayak, you can swim, you can not get off the boat, but they feed you. There's an open bar if you want it. Um, and the cruise back inland, oh, you just, you're doing it during a sunset. I took my sister, my niece, taking a handful of people. Um, and we saw a whole school of dolphins. It was amazing. Like baby dolphins right in front of the boat. It was just anyways. So we have it set up now. So there's a deposit and the balance is due by September 13th, but we can work out a payment plan if necessary. So I, I think these spots are going to go quick. Like I said, there's only five spots left. 
And the workshop itself is based on a brand new proprietary Spark framework I've created. And Liz is pulling in some unique elements of branding and some mindset. Um, But the workshop, it's going to combine mindset, lifestyle, and business. We want to help you define and achieve your income goals, create an additional recurring revenue stream, and truly increase the quality of your life. Uh, my, My goal is increase income, decrease work time. And that sounds, I know, pie in the sky to some people, but it is absolutely 100% possible. Um, So each attendee is going to have a little bit of pre-event homework to do, which you'll submit to us so we can do a review and prepare for your hot seat. I mean, spark seat. (laughs) I couldn't resist. Corny. Um, But like I said, I do expect these to go fast once we officially start marketing. So if you're interested, this is the lowest price it's ever going to be because, again, we'll do it again next year. And we'll probably end up with two houses or where guests will actually stay at a hotel and we'll host the workshops and more of the party and connection stuff will be at the beach house. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm ridiculously excited. So now is the time to join us if you can. You can also email me directly if you have any specific questions, Kim at KimDoyle.com. And let me check my time. Okay. Ooh just right under an hour. So I'm going to wrap this up. This will be over. But um, I want to let you guys know what is coming. I am going to be hosting a two part workshop with my brilliant friend Jason Resnick called conversion countdown craft offers that crush Black Friday, Cyber Monday. This is a live paid workshop. It's going to be a two part. So we're going to help you craft an offer for Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend in a way that not only serves your audience, but that you feel good about. So in other words, we're not going to tell you to just offer deep discounts and sell your soul with some sleazy marketing. That's not how either of us roll. And again, this is let's do the Alex Tarmosi and offer so good, they feel stupid saying no to. Um, But we want to support you in creating an offer so that you know, you're providing something of incredible value to the right people at the right time. So it's going to be split into two parts. After the first week, you'll know how to craft your offer. And in the second week, you'll learn how to create the emails and automations. So we'll go a little bit deeper. It's not just crafting your offer, but it's who you, who it's for. Is it in alignment with your brand and your business? And how to structure it in a way that increases your cart value, even if it's a service offering, right? The goal is to make such a good offer <coughs> without selling your soul or your time. That's the other thing I want to point out is a lot of people send tend to bonus in and a free session with me. I used to do that all the time. Uh-uh. That should be your highest tier. But anyways, um, Jason is the automation genius and he's going to talk about segmenting. So you're going to really know how to craft the offer and we'll probably have some bonuses. We've got some deliverables mapped out already where we'll actually give you swipe files, but it's going to be live and we're doing it in this way so that it is the last week of August. We'll create the foundation for the offer. Like I said, and then you go and you do that, right? You'll have work to do in between. And then the second week you will be given what to do with the automations and the tactical stuff with within your own email service provider. And you don't have to be using ConvertKit. It's going to work across the board, regardless of who you're using. excuse me, we want you to go take action. So you can walk away with the structure completely set up, you may need to still go create the landing page. And of course, we will show you where it's relevant, how to use chat GPT to help craft some of this content. So that's it, guys. Whoo, just over an hour. I mean, plus with the intro, whatever, it's gonna be a little bit over. But thanks for listening. Uh, You know, 
almost third time's a charm because I had to do a couple weird tests before I even got to record today. But we did it. So again, thanks for listening. And I think I'm going to implement something here and stay tuned for this. But where if you leave a a five-star review in Apple, it's the only place you can write a review so far um, or as of now. And I'm going to have a special offer where you can email in and you'll get something for free from me. So bear with me. That's coming. Um, And if you do it, you know, starting in August, you'll get it regardless. But um, stay tuned for that. Again, as always, I I really appreciate you listening. I love you guys tons. Have a fantastic morning, afternoon, or evening. And I hope to see you uh, in Costa Rica. Again, this is a women's retreat only. So um, if there are guys listening, sorry. But sorry, not sorry, maybe. I don't know. I shouldn't say this after I've just watched Barbie. All right, you guys. (laughs) Have a great one. I'll catch you next week.